minds. Remember our context for our gospel today comes from the fifth chapter of Matthew's gospel. Jesus is beginning his public ministry. He's gathering disciples last week. He went up on the mountain, up on this hill, and he begins to give his program for Christian living, the Magna Carta, the roadmap to Christian beatitude and blessedness. And these people coming up to him, Matthew calls his they call Matthew calls them Jesus' disciples. These people are the poor, they're the outcasts, the downtrodden, the ones that the beautiful people of the world would look down upon. I don't know if you've seen the TV series The Chosen. When they depict this in the TV series, they do this really well to show like all these people, your ordinary Jack and Jill coming up to meet Jesus and to listen to him. And it's to them that Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, you are the city set on a mountain. It's not the religious elites, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, it's not the powerful, the mighty, the beautiful people that Jesus points out as being special and belonging to him. No, Jesus says it's these people who are remarkable. Again, Jesus turns conventional wisdom upside down. We heard it last week in the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the pure of heart. We heard it in our second reading that Paul says, I didn't come preaching words of wisdom and um, sublimity, but rather with the crucified Christ, the power of the gospel. Jesus' standards are different. And so he says to these people, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, you are a mountain set on a hill. But who exactly is this you? If you've studied a foreign language, you'll know something different between those languages and our language, English. Most of them have two forms of the second person for their pronouns and for their verbs. We don't have that. They have second person singular, second person plural. We have just you, and you use you whether you're talking to one person or you're talking to 500. Except if you're from the South. Anyone from the South here? Transplants? What do they say? You all. Y'all, right? Um, As many of you know, I spent two years down in Texas playing hockey, and um, that didn't quite, I didn't quite incorporate that into my language. I wasn't there long enough. The other word that was familiar down there, which I can appreciate, is fixin'. So instead of saying, I am getting ready to do something, you would say, I'm fixing to go. I'm fixing um, to play the game, for example, like that. And so when you hear this beautiful passage, this beautiful affirmation, we can be tempted to think that Jesus is speaking to all of us. And yeah, yes, he is. But we can go quickly from Jesus is speaking to all of us that Jesus is speaking to all of us except for me. So you are the salt of the earth. Yeah, my grandmother is. You are the light of the world. Yes, the family sitting over there. You are a city set on a mountain. Oh, yeah, those professional Catholics over in those pews. 
I hope they're listening. No, this passage and all of Scripture is for all of us, each of us, you and me. A great practice you may know, and I commend it to you when you read Scripture, is whenever you see you, is to place your name in front of that. So, Father Nick, you are the salt of the earth. Father Nick, you are the light of the world. Father Nick, you are a city set on a mountain. And so Jesus says, you are salt, light, city on a mountain. And it's important when we, we look at these three things, salt, light, city on a mountain, that all of these are meant for something else. They're not just made just for themselves. Salt is meant to season things. It's meant to preserve things. Light is meant to illuminate things. In fact, you don't actually ever see light. You just see what it illuminates. Same thing for a city on a mountain. Back in the time of Christ, they didn't have Google Maps. They didn't have MapQuest. And so a city on a mountain was a landmark that you would say, okay, if you want to get to so-and-so place, go you know, to the west of this city, and then, you know, a few more miles and you'll be there. So yes, you as disciples are called to be holy, you're called to live those beatitudes, but it doesn't stop there. You aren't supposed to be blessed and holy just for yourselves, it's for others, it's for the world, that as Jesus says, that they may see your good deeds and give glory to their Heavenly Father. This is important because we can be tempted towards cowardliness or false humility that we pretend is humility. We pretend it's virtue. The world tells us that we're supposed to keep our faith to ourselves, that it's supposed to be private. Don't rock the boat, separation of church and state, that our faith should be a private thing. And that's not the case at all. It's not what Jesus says. Of course, yes, we shouldn't do good trying to get the attention, trying to win the praise of others. In fact, in just a few weeks, when we begin Ash Wednesday, that famous gospel passage, Jesus says, if you are to pray, don't go on on the street corners and pray in front of people. If you're going to give money, don't blow a trumpet before you do that. If you're going to fast, you know, don't look all gloomy so everyone knows you're fasting, but rather clean and anoint your forehead. So that is part of what Jesus says, not to draw attention to ourselves. Yes. But Jesus is clear today that our faith is not to be a private affair. We are to live it so not to give glory to ourselves, but to glory to God. That others may glorify your Heavenly Father. So I'd just like to propose a short examination today. How many of our friends and our co-workers know that we are Catholic? What is it in our life that people would say, Oh, John is surely a Christian. Or you can tell that the Smiths are Catholic. What do we do besides our hour on Sunday morning that gives evidence that we are disciples of Jesus Christ? Because when people speak of you and your family to others, that should be the first thing they say when they're speaking of you. Oh, you know Tina, right? She's Catholic, and yada, yada, yada. 
You are different than the rest of the world. You are meant to stick out from the rest of the world. My friends, you have to be light. You have to be that city on the mountain. You have to be salt. You. Because if it's not you, who? And if not you, and if you have lost your taste, then as Jesus says, you are good for nothing but to be thrown out on the ground and to be trampled. The great saint from the 14th century, St. Catherine of Siena, said, Be who you are meant to be, and you would set the world on fire. If you are who you should be, then when people see how you live, how you raise your children, how you speak, how you dress, how you pray, your devotion and reverence towards God, how you treat others, how selfless, kind, forgiving, generous, caring you are, how you accept suffering without complaining. When they see all of that, they'll give glory to God. When people see your good deeds, they will give glory to your heavenly Father. My friends, my friends, be salty. Be salt of the earth. Be light. Be the light of the world. Be the city set on a mountain.